God, we just want to thank you right now. We can never stop thanking you enough, Lord God. Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you for your presence, your love, your provision. Father, whatever we're going through right now, the amount of time you already blessed us in our life outweighs whatever we're going through now, God. So we thank you. Let my words be your words, and I, I pray that you would just bless. Bless today. In your precious holy name, amen. 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 I'd like to open up in a, a, a bunch of statements, and, and the statements were taken out of a soldier during the Civil War. And, and, and it said that he was... Uh, he was hurt during battle, and he was getting attended to by doctors. So if you could just imagine, visualize the picture right now. The time, the, the war going back and forth, brothers fighting brothers, cousins fighting cousins. And he's injured, and he says this. He says, I asked God for strength that I might achieve. But I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked God for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. But I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing I asked for but everything I hoped for. Imagine you're going through a period of time where you're hurt for battle. And back then they didn't have, it was real. When you got hurt, you got hurt. There was no medication. It was, it was alcohol and something to bite on while they do surgery on you. And still, his belief in God is still there. You ever pray for something so hard, so many times? I'm not talking about God. I, I, I'm broke. I need to win lotto. So give me numbers. I'm not talking about that. I, I'm talking about realistic God, I'm in so much pain and I need healing. But the healing, you're still looking for that healing, amen? God, I, 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 I'm stuck at this job. I'm praying for a promotion. I'm praying for, a, some people don't even have a job. God, I've been unemployed for so long. I need a job. You ever have a need, a desire? God, my desire is to have a baby, but for some reason I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't hold the baby. God, I'm tired of being single. Give me a man, give me a woman. We have all these desires. Well, let me, Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I love it. The same scripture, but the King James Version says, in due season we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So this morning I want to talk to you about your due season. 
Amen. Anybody need to, to, to be encouraged? Anybody going through something and they're tired of going through? Listen, we've been stuck on this supernatural series and I'm just going to tag along with it. Amen. Because what I'm learning is we don't just serve a supernatural kind of God, but we serve in a supernatural kind of season. I, th- I, b- I believe it. if there's anything I got out of all these preachers and sermons, if there's anything I got, is, is we're in a season of God blessing, God rewarding, God, if we earnestly seek his, his presence, amen? Faith makes things possible, not easy. Amen? Faith, faith, such an easy word to say. Such an obvious definition, faith. Everybody know what faith is. Faith makes things possible, not easy. Such a hard, easy word to say, but such a hard word. Amen? I want to read Hebrews 11, and I'm just going to skim. You can put that up. And I'm going to skim through the scriptures. So I apologize in advance, Val. Starting at verse 1, it says, Amen. It would be that my iPad is going, right? Okay. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Verse 3, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Pause. I'm going to hold there for a sec. You ever try going down a flight of stairs in the dark? Hence, if you go down the steps, if you're part of the VBS and Children's Church and it's completely dark and you can't find the light. Sometimes God calls us to take the first step without showing us the whole staircase. And if you know me, you know I don't preach because I think I know it all. I preach because I'm living it. Amen? Can I be real and say this journey is real? This journey is, is, is a struggle. This journey, if you don't check yourself or if you surround yourself with like-minded people with the same belief, they check you, it's, it's, it's hard. It's not easy. Just because you can't see the way doesn't mean that God doesn't have the way. Come on, man. Some, some of us are waiting for that, that promise. You know, that, that I believe that God has somebody there for me, for the single folks. I, I believe, but then, you, then, then, then you're older, you're older, and you see everybody else and their mother get married, and you still got no one. Listen, God will make a way for you. Amen? If you need healing, it's not God's desire for you to be in pain. Your healing will come. Because he's a way maker kind of God. Come on. He's a way maker kind of God. God will make a way. Listen, I love it when there is no way this, whatever I want to happen could happen. And it happens. But it happens in a way where it shocks me. 
It happens when I'm, I'm least expected. It happens when, oh my goodness, how did that happen? That's God. Verse 7, back in Hebrews 11. It gives some examples. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Verse 9, by faith, he, he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a faraway country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob. Who were heirs with him at the same, of the same promise. Verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Verse 17, by faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered his son Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Fast forward to verse 29. By, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when Egyptians tried to go, do so, they were drowned. It was dirty. By faith, the walls of Jericho the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. Anybody want to say miraculous? Anybody need some walls to be fall down today? Verse 32, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to talk about all these other people. It doesn't say that. I'm just Gideon, Barak, Samson, and about David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms. Administered justice and gained what was promised. Who shut the mouths of lions and quenched the fury of the flames. And escaped the edge of the sword. Whose weakness was turned into strength. And who became powerful in battle. And routed foreign enemies. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us. I'll, I'll stop reading there. I was reminded, reminded about a month ago about God's faithfulness. Many of you know my wife's grandmother who, who sometimes stays with us. She's, she's 92 years old. You haven't seen her in a while because she's been part of the TSF Espanol. But even there, she hasn't been going because she's been in a rehab center. If you did not know, she fell down the stairs and she fractured her tailbone. I say that because for her age, 92, falling down the stairs, fracture. If you fell down the stairs and fractured your tailbone, you would go, ooh. But imagine being 92. So, of course, she goes to the hospital. And while she was in the hospital, her biggest fear was not the discomfort, not that something would happen to her. Her biggest fear was being alone. But not just being alone, but being alone in the hospital. That's one of her biggest, biggest, anyway, so somebody has, you know, should be with her all the time, right? So my father-in-law, so we do, we're tag teaming. I'm there, I'm spending the night there, going back and forth. So anyway, 
Finally, we're in the emergency room with her. Second, almost the second night, we're there. And then she finally gets a room. ICU, her own room. I'm loving it because if you ever spend time in the emergency room in the middle of the night, it's, it's like a war zone. And man, there's people fighting, people in handcuffs fighting, people. I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be on the news. I know I'm going to be on the news. Right? So anyway, so we're in ICU and everything is good. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a recliner for me. Because I was sitting and standing, sitting, I, my back was hurting me. So I, I'm there for a while. But then a nurse calls me over. She says, you know you can't stay here, right? I'm making my, 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 my comfort zone. I'm like, I get some good sleep on a recliner, you know? You know you can't stay here. You, and there was no one there that spoke Spanish. Check that out. So they wanted me out of all people to translate it. Even though she knows English. You know, her dominant language is Spanish. So I, told, I, said, I said, Mama, I can't stay here. They're asking me to leave. And they asked me, I, I got to wait to visiting hours. The look on her face of, oh man, it broke my heart. The look of, what, what do you mean? You've been with me this whole time. She couldn't explain. She, she couldn't uh, comprehend. I said, it's not me, Mama. It's, you know, I want to be clear. It's not me. I, I'll stay here. They're asking me to leave. And then, and then I go back to the nurses and say, I, I'm, can, I, can I just kind of beg you? I mean, you would not even know I'm here. I just, she just wants somebody there that she knows. Somebody that she's comfortable with. Some, somebody she will understand that, that we, could, we could talk and translate. The, work, the look on her face. So I started to say, so I asked the nurse. I said, can you give me 20 minutes? half an hour just to say bye, just to get her, you know, that I could keep on reminding her, I'm going to leave in five, ten minutes, I'm going to leave in ten minutes, I'm gonna, you know, and she said, okay, I'll give you that. So I said, mama, you're 92 years old? She goes, see, see, and she starts thinking, yeah, and then she says, see, you're 92 years old, okay, I'm like, wow, 92, man, you, you, how, you know, how far do you remember back? Uh, you know, because I'm amazed that she's 92. So she starts to tell me, she, says she, she doesn't remember, but she starts telling me, about, sharing me about her life. And she says, you know, when she was three or four years old, her mother died. And of course, there's no father around. So she was an orphan. So she was sent to her aunt and, and being raised with all her cousins. And she, she, she's began to tell me, but she's happy about it. And she's like, but God has been so good to me when I was in my childhood. I said, wow, so you, you, you met God when you were a child? No, I always knew God, but I didn't meet him yet. But my, my, my Diti always told me about God. So she's saying in her childhood, even though she knew of God, God was faithful to her. God provided for her a home. Then I said, I said, if you could go back to any time in 92 years, what time would that be? She goes, hmm, when I was 18. I'm like, oh, I got I to sit down for this one. And she, and she remembers specifically when she was 18. And she began to tell me that in Puerto Rico, where she, where she grew up, there, there was a, like a, a, a mini mall. And she, the, the teenagers used to go there to hang out, right? And she remembers being there, and she remembers this guy checking her out. Okay. 
I can't believe she's telling me this, but okay. So she says, and she goes, and the guy was good looking. You know, she tells me, I was like, and so she said it in Spanish, like, in English. What did you just say? Oh, what was the word? Very beautiful. He was, you know, he, she was trying to tell me he was good. I, I, I got it, Grandma. So he was good looking. He goes up to her and says, hey, you, do you got a boyfriend? She looks at him. She says, no, and I don't plan on having a boyfriend and walks away. Six months later, she was married to my wife's grandfather. This, that, that, that guy was my wife's grandfather. So I was like, why would you go back to there if you just, if you like, if you made him like, if you turn him down? It's like, because I like when he pursued me. <laughs> now, if you know how, who she is and it's blowing my mind that she remembers this specific. Sometimes she can't remember who's in front of oh, Mark, but she remembers that. But she started to think, God's been good to me even when I got married. She started saying the times. Then she got radical. Then she could not radical say, but she met God in those moments. And her husband became a pastor for so many years of a church. And then she goes, ministry. Ministry is hard. Ministry is hard. You know, he wasn't just the pastor. He was the pastor, the electrician, the plumber, the cleaner, the chauffeur. They, he would get called 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, and he would just get up and go. It was a different time. But she would say, through all that, God, how God has been faithful in ministry. To fast forward, she has four kids. She lived through one of them dying at 14 years old, tragedy, tragedy. She remembers that like it was yesterday. He died in a hospital all by himself. Hence, that's why she has the fear of being alone in the hospital. I was like, wow. I, I got to go under the bed. I can't leave. You know, I'm thinking, I feel bad. I can't, I can't leave. But then I'm like, wow, God has been faithful through that, through your marriage, through your kids. Lived through all her grandchildren. And if I say you she's the prayer warrior of the family, she spends time praying for every individual in her family. She's still 92 years old. She would still throw down a prayer. She would still talk about how God's been faithful. How, but she, she, she comes in and she looks at her granddaughter singing. The look she looks at my wife when my wife sings uh, is, is just a glow on her. She's so proud. And she's up, my wife is up here partly because her grandmother prayed. So a woman that knows how to plant seeds, a woman that hopes, she watched the three kids that, were li- that, 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 that lived until their adulthood run away from God and do their own thing. She watched them mess up. She watched them get in trouble. She watched them fall into sin. She, but she also watched all three of them come back to the Lord. Because she prayed. I want to spend time to tell you about her because we all could learn something about faith. At 92 years, it wasn't all glorious. It was 92 years of, of blessing but heartache. She watched two more of her kids die. 
take the last breath in front of her through sickness. And she prayed for healing for them. And though I heard her, she was able to say, but I know they're in a better place because they came back to the Lord. She was able to say, they did get healing. Not the way we wanted to, but the way God wanted to. I was amazed at her faith. And here she is, 92 years old. And I'm like, God, Grandma, wow, God has been really good to you. Faithful. See, see, glory to Dios. And she starts doing all these praise that she does that we all hear her do. And she starts lifting up her, her little hand and just say, God, and she's praying. And she's praying to the tongues. And, and she's, she's in the presence of God in a moment. Because I got her to a point to remember God's faithfulness. I said, God, man, Grandma, God is good, amen. Glory to God. I was like, so, so if God has been faithful in 92 years of your life, through your marriage, through your childhood, through ministry, through your kids, through your grandkids, why would he stop being faithful to you now? Why would he leave you now? Doesn't the Bible say he would never leave or forsake you? She looks... Down, she's thinking that she looks up, smiles, she goes, You can leave now. But then she goes, But you'll be here tomorrow, right? <laughs> I said, Somebody will be here. I'll be here in the afternoon. Your um, Josue, her son will be here in the morning. My wife will go. And since then, it's been a battle for us because every day we're going from work to where she's at to visit her and to, to do what we do. Amen. But it's a reminder of God's faithfulness. I want that faith. If I can even live close to being 92 and have it all my, my mind there and, and, and still have the faith. We go through these different seasons that changes our faith, that, that rocks our core, that makes us doubt. Today, I want to bring you back and remind you about promises that God already has done to you. I know there's people here that are waiting on promises still. You're waiting for something. I don't know what it is. It could be anything. It could be a person. You're waiting for a job. You're waiting for an apartment. You're waiting for a house. You're tired of living in an apartment, so you want a house. You're tired of starting a car and praying that you get to A and B. You want, you want a car that you don't have to pray every time you start it. I, I know. You're waiting for something, and you're praying hard for But God already has, he promised you a plan, and by now you should know this. He, he promised you a plan, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. How about rest? He promises a rest. Jesus says in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Anybody need rest? How about power, a uh, promise of power and strength? He, he promises us in Isaiah 40. He gives power to the weak and, and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. And young men will fall in, in all exhaustion. I said it. I practiced that word. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high 
fire are wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I'm promising you strength. There's a promise in the Bible for help. There's a promise for provision. There's a promise of love. There's a promise to love forever. A promise to never leave or forsake you. A promise to comfort you while suffering. A promise to help you. A promise to keep you safe. A promise to keep his promise. Come on. A promise to always be faithful. So I tell you guys, if examine your life right now. Don't examine what you're going through. I mean, of course, if you're going through something good right now. But examine your life and think about the times God has already been good to you. You may not have what you're praying for. You may still be waiting. You might be aggravating because you're waiting too long. But think about all the times God already has uh, promised you something and gave it to you. His promises still stand. If If you don't get nothing out of what I say today, know this. His promises still stand. His promise, if he promised you a, a husband, that husband will come. If he promised you a promotion, that promotion will come. In due season, but embrace what, you, what, already has, what he already has done for you. Do you believe in miracles this morning? Because if you said no, I'm going to call you liars because you just sang about it. That was an amazing song. I didn't ask for that song to be sung. When I found out that song was going to be sung, I was like, oh, snap. Okay, God. Usually, Pastor George texts me, how you doing for Sunday? I say, I'm screaming out of my head right now. But I was able to hear that song. I was like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good because you, you, you ever, you're ever about to do something and you know, oh, my goodness, this is something God dropped on me. God never abandons us, Amen. He is faithful to the end. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. So what messes up our faith? The process. The process. I, I, I hate that word. It's an it's, 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 it's ugly word for me. Because I don't like the process. The process is uncomfortable. The process is not easy. You want a baby? The process is not easy. You got to hold that. There's pushing. There's uncomfortable. There's stretching. There's, there's, there's pain involved in the process. You want a degree? You want a better job? You want to get a degree? There's a process. You got to go through schooling. Hours of studying. And I'm not discouraging because that could be a promise God could f- fulfill. You want to go back to school? God says, I promise you, I got you. I promise you, I promise you, I got you. See, the promise is greater than the process. I need you to understand this. The process sustains the promise. What does sustain mean? Strength, support. The process strengthens the promise. It supports the promise. You get through the promise. You, I mean, you get through the process. The promise will come. 
But what are you doing in the midst of the process? You got promise over here, right? And you're moving your journey, your journey. You stop, you look. No, I still, God, I'm still waiting for the promise. You still go on your journey, you still go on. And, and time goes by, and you don't, you still didn't get what was promised. You still not, you still not getting that, that, that prayer, that change you're looking for. Anybody looking for change? Anybody need change? Anybody need breakthrough this morning? Any, anybody, anybody need a way? You're looking for a way out, and, and there's no way out. Let me, let me talk a minute about Abraham. Man of faith. He's considered a man of faith. God told Abraham, God bless you. God told Abraham that to leave his country and, the, and I will show you. I will show you and promise to make you a great nation. He didn't ask questions. God said, go. He said, okay. And he went. And God, while he was going, God showed him where to go. Promise to bless him, to make him a great, uh, to make his name great. Bless whoever blesses him and curses whoever curses him. Well, at this point in Abraham's life, he's 74 years old. And his wife is 65. It's important to know the numbers. Okay? This is found all in Genesis, all about Abraham. But I'm going to start in Genesis 16. At this point, they're 74 and 65. God promises them a child. He says, Abraham, Sarah, I, I will give you the land and your, and your, what does it say? It doesn't say your child, but your offspring will inherit it. Meaning, you guys are going to have a kid. 15 years went by and there was no kid. That's where we see ourselves. Genesis 16, verse 1. You can put that up, Val. It says, now Sarai, Abraham's Abraham's wife, he's he's Abram right now, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. It's about to get dramatic. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave Perhaps I can build a family through her. I'll pause right there. How many times we're waiting for some, God to do something and, and we believe that God gave us a promise? But God, you know, we feel God is taking too long. So we take matters in our own hand. What did Abraham say? Abraham agreed to what Sarah said, obvious. He gave he men a bad name, right? Man of faith. Oh, okay, babe. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. At this point, Abraham is 89 years old. Sarah is 80. Imagine what Sarah is feeling. Feel like, wow, God, you gave us this promise, but I guess you don't want to, I guess I'm a failure. I guess I'm not worthy enough. I guess I'm not good enough. You know what, God? It's okay because 
I got a, you know, I got a, a slave. I'm going to do take things in my own hand. And, and, and of course, Joseph, I mean, not Joseph, against Abraham being, you know, a man, his wife is giving him permission to, oh, okay, I'm not going to fight. I, you, you put my hands, okay, whatever you want, babe. It didn't say that Abraham argued. It didn't say he disagreed. It just said Abraham agreed. See, they took their eyes off the one who had made the promise and decided to take matters in their own hands. Today, I'm just here to tell you, you can't rush the process. You can't rush the process. I know you want what you want. I know you want what you feel is owed to you. I know you want what you think, what God has already told you. But you can't rush. You got to be patient and trust the process. I know we live in a day and age where everything, you get everything from a microwave. We want that microwave blessing. We, we want that fast food blessing. But I always say, I say, God doesn't want us to have the microwave blessing. He wants us to have the crock pot blessing. You know how you leave something cooked for hours in a crock pot? We need to focus the big picture. This, this, my wife and I talk about this in marriage, how your journey is like one big puzzle piece. You know those big 250 puzzle pieces? And each piece is something. Each piece is made up of that journey that God has for you. It completes your journey. And the pieces could be little stuff like provision. You know, it'd be lessons that we learn. It could be strength. It could be maturity. It could be, I don't know, it could be your kids that you pray for. It could be the things you already prayed for and God has delivered. It could be, it could be the promises he already, he already gave you. It might be hard. It might look impossible. But the pieces will lead you to the big promise. It will complete that picture. We need to see the purpose of the pro- promise. I'll talk about one piece, and I'm going to stick with this one word, change. See, we love the idea of God changing our circumstances more than God, the idea of God changing us. I got to take time with this because it, hit, it hits me. See, you can't be stuck here, pray for something, or God speaks to you here, I got you. I will give you whatever. I, I, will, I will fulfill that promise. Keep on walking. Look. You're looking for the promise, but have you changed from there to there? But then you keep on. You keep on. God, man, nothing. But have you changed since over there? There's people saved 20, 30 years and they're still reading the same three scriptures. We can't, we can't, we can't be mature and just stick with milk. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We, we can't still, we got to cut the, what do you call that cord? Come on. We need to grow up. Okay? We need to change. What if, just imagine this, what if the circumstances you're asking God to change 
are the very circumstances God is using to change you. Imagine that. See, it'll be easy for God to bless you. It'll be easy for God to give you what you want. It'll be easy when you think you're old. It's easy for God to bless because God is God. He'd do anything. But how much more glorified will he be if he changed you in the midst of the circumstance? And then when you get out of that circumstance, you totally change. Many of us got out of many circumstances and we still didn't change. Many, many, many people don't even think they need to change. The change needs to come to other people. If you're waiting for somebody else to change, that's not the way to go about it. If you're waiting for your wife or your husband to change, that, that, that's, that's, not, that's not how it goes. Worry about you. It's time for you to say, say, God, I want this. No, try saying this, God, I know I'm going through a process. I'm going to remember everything you've done for me in the past. That's going to uplift my faith, but change me in the process. If you decide to change the process, if you decide to get me out of the circumstances, I want to be changed. I don't want to be the same when I get out of the process. I want to get out of the process and be able to minister to people. Wow, I went through that, and I got through that. Now, I'm still going through that. God wants to use us and utilize us, amen? Many of us can't be used and utilized because we're still stuck. And waiting for the same, same thing. And there's nothing wrong with waiting. There's many things I'm still waiting for. But I also know that God's greatest desire is to change me. Not to change my circumstance. Amen? So are you being changed? Are you being changed in the process? You might be saying, God, I'm hurting. I lost a loved one, God. I, I, I need physical healing. I, I'm, I'm in pain. They, they can't find a, the, the, the medication is not working. I'm in constant pain. Listen, he would turn your pain into power if you let him. How about those who are shameful, feeling not, they're not worthy enough? Listen, he would change his shame into grace. I'm throwing this in there because this is my testimony. Listen, he would turn your abuse into strength. Because he's a way maker kind of God. God will make a way. I don't care what you went through. I mean, I care what you went through. But God, and God cares what you went through. But there's nothing you went through that God can't deliver you from. Are, Are you getting what I'm saying? Our hope is not in the process, but it's in the promise. Come on. You need to tell your partner, your, our hope is not in the, the process, but it's in the promise. God, change us. Change us in this process. God, change us in this journey. God, I believe in miracles. You believe in miracles. Just lift up your hand right now. God, I believe in miracles. I believe in this process. There's a reason for it. It would change me in the process.
going to ask if, if the musicians could come up. And to finish off for Abraham and, and Sarah, even though they took matters in their own hand, I believe 10, ladies, 10 years after that moment, the promise was fulfilled. They did have a baby. I believe Abraham was 100 years old when that baby was born. Picture that one. A hundred years old. What does that tell me? You ain't too old for your promise. You're not too young for your promise. Let me speak to the youth for a minute. You're not too young for your promise. You're not too young to be used. You're not too young for God to do something in you. You're not too single. You're not too hurt. You're not too broke. You're not too rich. You're not too humble. You're not too prideful. If God wants to bless you, he's going to bless you. Amen? But wouldn't it be better if you just change? If you ask God to change? Listen. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We, Ephraim sang about that. In preparing for this message... God gave me a vision. He gave me a vision of a person just all by, by this person's self walking into this journey. Went through, went through some stuff. I mean, stuff that, God, why did I go through stuff? Hurting, still waiting for some promises, still waiting for some prayers to be fulfilled, but still being used by God. But still struggles from time to time, but knows enough to say, God, change me in this process. Let's all stand. One thing you could, I could promise you when I preach, I ain't going to preach for a long time. I don't like it. But your due season is coming. Your due season is coming. Listen, if God has already did a work in you, he'll do it again. You might be thinking God is not listening to you. You might feel like you're so far away from God right now. You might be in that, that desert mode where it's dry. No water. You're thirsty for God and you can't find him. You're hungry for God. You're hungry for some kind of touch. Some kind of change. I dare you to put your, yourselves in this, this individual that's going through this journey. And listen to this song this person, this, this person in this journey sings. And let this song not be just a song for you, but let this song be a prayer. Amen? And if that's you, and if you desire change, lift up your hand. Come up here. Kneel, kneel down. If you want to come up here, come up here. Don't come up for prayer. I'll pray for you if you want. But come up. God, just touch me. Because you don't need a person to touch you for God to touch you. Amen. If you believe in God of miracles, come up and say, God, change me in this process. God bless.
walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never felt me yet Waiting for change to Knowing the bad news one For oh, you have never felt me yet. Your promises, Lord Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm stealing your hand is my confidence you've never failed the promise still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm stealing
promise still stands. Say, faithfulness still in your hand, Lord. Confidence, Lord, your promise still stands. good amen is God has God been good to you listen if God has been to good good to you already he's going to continue to be good it may not look like he's good but he's gonna be good because great is his faithfulness listen let's lift up our hands before we leave if you want to be changed lift up those hands look at your hands look at the hands of your children look at the hearts of your children God look at the desires of your children's heart I pray right now for change in the name of Jesus change if you want to change your circumstance so be it. But I ask right now for change in their hearts. You're going to change and bring strength where strength is needed. Because you're, so, you're a, a, a miraculous God. You're going to bring confidence where confidence is needed. You're going to bring boldness where boldness is needed. So I speak confidence. I speak boldness. I speak strength. I speak spiritually poverty. Uh, not poverty. Uh, riches. Gifts are going to be birth. You will be changed. Allow him to change you. Because God desires you to be mature. Mature. God, we glorify you. And we acknowledge there is no one above you. We acknowledge that you created us. We acknowledge that we serve you. We, we acknowledge you're a promise keeper. We acknowledge that you're faithful. We acknowledge that you're good. We acknowledge that you're our source. No one else. So direct us. 
I speak direction in the name of Jesus. There's somebody out there that feels stuck. They don't know where to go at this point in their life. God, I pray for direction right now, God. I pray that you will breathe new life. I pray that hope will just arise in this place. Hope, faith. If you believe that prayer, can you give him praise? Listen, if you truly believe that, give him a high praise. Clap your hands. I know it's hot, but clap your hands. Give him a shout. Give him a praise because something is about to happen. Your due season will come. So can we can we leave with a bang? Let's leave with a bang, man. Let's 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 just see. Can you move? You move now, I see you do it again. Made away where there was none. Come on, sing it out. Sing it out. Just de declare this over your life. I see you move. You move the mountain. And I believe. Come on. Say, you made a way where there was no way. And I believe, I believe. I'll see you do. Say,
hurt, I'm still in your hands. Despite my faults, I'm still in your hands. Despite it because I don't get it right every day, I'm still in your hands. Remind yourself of that throughout this week. Live, go through the process, because in the process there's change, there's victory on the other side of that. You are blessed. Continue to be a blessing. Have a wonderful week, people of God. Bless somebody on the way out. Remember the promise still stands. You are surely in his hands. God bless.